Hey DC Chi Alpha family, I'm so thankful that you are you all are here and participating with us in Lent. And man, I'm excited to be here sharing the message with you all today. Uh, my name is Daniel. I'm a Give a Year uh, full-time staff at American University. Uh, I also lead a life group. We call ourselves the Literally Unlimited Bread Gang. And you may be wondering what kind of a name is that, but you'll have to ask me about how we got that name you know, another time. But basically, we're there as we study like in life group every week to provide unlimited bread in the limited time that we have. Pretty clever, right? Um, and so, yeah, like, I mean, this semester is going by so fast, right? We're already more than halfway through March. Easter's right around the corner. And I've been encouraged lately, like things are starting to look on the up. AU has began their mini-mester Students are moving back to campus and also vaccines are starting to be administered in the D.C. area and around the country. Uh, but at the same time, like I still have to like keep asking myself until like we're over that like finish line. Right. Like it feels like there's no end in sight. And oftentimes, like I talk with many of my guys, how like, you know, every day just for some reason, it just keeps feeling the same right due to this pandemic. But like, yeah, and like. That kind of like began for me, like really, like, and some of you may not know this about me, that I graduated last spring and it was a weird time, let me tell you, to like finish my time at AU. Uh, you know, the world was crumbling apart. We were sent home for two weeks. We thought we were going to come back. Um, and then we that ended up not happening. And I ended up like, you know, not seeing the people that I left there for not until months later. I was finishing my dual degree. I was finishing student teaching. I was finishing a semester long portfolio. I was also leading a, you know, a life group. I was a student life group leader. And, um, and then I had friends like moving to different states and like that separation feeling was accentuated by the uncertainty in the pandemic. But about, um, you know, and, and so that was like an immense challenge, but I had to, you know, like you do often, you, we ask ourselves, how do we keep going? And, you know, what can we do in the time when every day feels the same? And I think as AU and Georgetown students, like we have this like productive and accomplish this achievement oriented mindset where like, you know, that can be helpful because it can like provide structure in this like seemingly unstructured time. But like, I think the question we need to be asking ourselves is like, how can we leverage that? productive mindset in a healthy way. Um, because I think like if we get like consumed in that, man, like that's going to lead to like unhealthy outcomes. And that's why I'm so excited about the passage um, that I get to share with y'all uh, tonight. And it's it's Jesus's prayer. Uh, he's praying to, um, you know, God, the father, his father, right? And he's praying on, the ha on behalf of the disciples. But I think many of these principles and, and Jesus's heart is laid bare in this passage and it applies directly to us as well. And so, yeah, let's jump right in. And so here it is, John 17, starting in verse 10 up to verse 19. It says, Jesus is praying, all I have is yours and all you have is mine. And glory has come to me through them, the disciples. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world. And I am coming to you, Holy Father, Protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them and, and kept them safe by that name you gave me. None has been lost except the one doomed to destruction, so that scripture would be fulfilled. I am coming to you now, but I say these things while I am still in the world, so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. 
I have given them your word, and the world has hated them. For they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself, that they too may, tr- may be truly sanctified. Man. What, what a prayer. And this is just a part, this is just a part of Jesus's prayer um, that he's praying in, in uh, chapter 17 of John. And it's significant because of the time and the place that it takes place in the story. Jesus is about to be arrested here and he is praying on behalf of his disciples and then later on for the, for the whole world, right? And so I, it's almost as if like John, the gospel writer, like inserted this at the time, like in his gospel, like as a way to like invite us to pay attention to it, to it. It's like he's urging us to say, hey, look, this is important because of the time in which it's taking place. It's near the climax of the story. You know, for me, I really love verse 19 there where it says, Jesus is saying, praying, for them I sanctify myself that they too may truly be sanctified. It's as if Jesus is saying, man, I became sin, right? I, I went to that cross for you, I, I became sanctified and glorified just so that you, the disciples and the world, can have that chance for sanctification yourself, just so that they can have that chance. But, you know, I hear that word sanctification and like it sounds very churchy, sounds very religious-y and like, yeah, like I, I, I sometimes like, I don't, I don't know if we like fully understand like what that means and you know, and, and according to Merriam-Webster's dictionary, it really just, it, they define it as setting apart for sacred use or purpose. Uh, actually, in the Greek, uh, where the New Testament was, was written in, uh, it means to make holy or set apart or purify. Now, I don't know about you, but like, I don't know if I'm like fully satisfied with that definition, like purify, like how do like, how do we purify ourselves? Like, what does that look like practically, what do we measure that against? Like, I'm just left with a lot of questions. And so as I was preparing for this message, I was thinking about like, what things in life, like, what do things like look like when they're purified? Like what happens in that process? And so you think of water, right? Like when water is purified, like the contaminants are taken out and it's made safe to drink, right? And in the same way you have you know, rock can be purified and it can be made into metal, which could be used to build new structures and things, right? So it's repurposed, if you will. And you, and then in the same way, you also have like plastic, which, you know, through the process of recycling, it can be made into new products and new things, right? So it's like this repurposing what it once was, what that thing once was, is made into something new. Its status quo, what it once was, did not remain the same. It changed. And Ultimately, I think that's what Jesus wants for us. And when I hear that word status quo, like I think of like, (laughs) I think of a favorite childhood musical of mine. Uh, Some of you may not may know where I'm going with this. Um, And it's a Disney Channel musical, high school musical. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Some of those songs are like super catchy. Um, And, you know, I I, I do. I have to say I like it. Sometimes I put it on my sister. Oh, like I use her like as an excuse on, on like why I why I even got into it. But honestly, like, yeah, those songs are catchy. And one of those catchy songs is called Stick to the Status Quo. And it takes place in this 
uh, you know, the set pieces in this cafeteria, right, where they say, like, you know, stick to the status quo, right? Like, but, like, what leads up to that, you have, like, Troy Bolton, one of the main characters, and he's this, like, basketball star in the school, and that's how the school perceives him to be, and that's how he perceives himself. But then once he meets Gabriella, he actually, like, and they sing together, he realizes, oh, I actually have, like, a talent for for singing, and he can become, uh, you know, he realizes that about himself, and he's actually starting to become, like, a more complete person. And the school takes notice of this, like, after Gabriella and Troy, like, trial for their drama production, and it inspires other people to, like, do the same and actually reveal hidden parts of themselves that, you know, maybe that they were afraid of reeling because, uh, revealing because of their reputation or perception, right? Um, you have, like, Zeke, Troy's basketball friend, who likes to, to bake his creme brulee, and you have, like, the decathlon girl who likes to pop, lock, and break, and uh, and then you have, like, the skateboarder guy who, who also is, like, really good at the cello, like, and so it inspired these people to, you know, push past their own status quo, but it was also met with, like, resistance, hence you know, the song, right? So it's like, it's met with this resistance from the rest of the school because it's like, it's not comfortable to them. And like, it may have not been easy for those people to like reveal these parts of themselves. Like it, it took an act of another person to get to that point. And so, you know, I, I, and that's why the end of the movie is like, so is like rewarding, or at least I think it is in a sense. Uh, you have Troy and Gabriella, you know, they perform this, you know, production in the drama production in front of the whole school and they do really well. And it's clear at the end of the movie that they're more complete. They're they are more of a whole person, um, rather than they're just rather than just their niche as a basketball player or as you know an academic decathlon you know person. And so I think honestly, like Jesus would be proud of Troy and Gabriella because like they became more complete person and they did not stick to their status quo. Uh, yeah, and you know all jokes aside, like I think you know. Sticking to the status quo is the opposite of what Jesus wants for us. He does not want us to be satisfied where we're at. That's why he's calling for us in this passage. He is calling for us to sanctify ourselves. He, he deeply desires this for us. And as it takes place in, in, in context of the, of the story and, you know, um, you know, I, I continue to ask myself, like, man, like, but how does that, like, how does that desire happen? Like, what do we measure ourselves, you know, like, what is it that we can measure ourselves against to provide that growth, to provide that, you know, breaking that status quo in our lives? And I love the fact that, like, you know, I touched on this, how, like, Jesus's heart is laid bare here, because he even provides that answer. Um, And we see that in verse 17. He says, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. So, you know, thank the Lord that we have the Bible, right? We have a foundation to measure our lives against. And, you know, the, the amazing part of the Bible is that it's a story, but it's also theology. It's, there's also prophecy. There's, there's so much, right? And, like, we can learn so much from the biblical characters, like, um, who ended up having great stories. And, you know, some of the Bible stories, like, you know, did not turn out so well. Some of those things that David did, like, was pretty messed up. And so I think, like, we can all learn from that, and we have a standard to measure our lives against. We have a standard and a way and a practice to grow into. Um, I also love how Jesus makes that clear that community plays a huge part um, in our own growth. And we see that in the second half of verse 11 where uh, Jesus says, is praying, Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one.
he talks about this community of oneness and he even goes into greater detail of that like later on in the passage how like unity is so important in community because it helps us to grow past a point that maybe you know we didn't we wouldn't be able to on our own and um, you know, that's why I love how like German like touched on that like a couple weeks ago, how we are this community. We're this sheep like community under the shepherd Jesus. And as a sheep community, we encourage each other. We protect each other. We uplift each other. We challenge each other. Right. And so community is a way to break our status quo and to help us encourage, you know, to, to grow in our own faith walk. And, you know, community at the same time, like it has to be practiced. There has to be a consistency. And that's why I like when I think of consistency, like I think of sports and like I think of practice related to sports. And, you know, many of you know that like soccer is a huge part of my story. And I'm reminded of a particular game where, you know, that consistency in my community there with, with my team helped me to become someone I was not yet. And. You know, that ha- was, the game was 1-1. We were playing in uh, New Jersey, I think it was. And um, I remember, like, seeing the goalie on, like, the opposite team. He was kind of, like, you know, um, inching out of his goal and, you know, going out of the box and to help his, like, team in the attack. And I remember, like, getting the ball on that, like, first half and seeing the goalie outside of his goal. And I, and I saw the open goal. I'm like, oh, I can, like, maybe I should take that opportunity. But I was doubting myself and, like, you know, because I thought it would like maybe hurt our team going forward and, um, you know, and maybe my coach would be disappointed. But, you know, so um, at halftime, um, oh, uh, we had a water break. Um, <laughs> um, and uh, uh, my coach pulled me aside and he said, Daniel, like I saw that you were, you know, you noticed the goalie is like, you know, coming out of his goal. And I know you have a good shot. And I think you just need to like, you need to take that risk. So next time you see him out of his goal in the second half, you need to take that opportunity. And that's what happened. I saw the goalie outside of his, outside of the goal. And from the center circle about halfway in the field, I took the shot long distance. It ended up being one of the longest goals, you know, um, I ever scored. And that was all because of my coach who was part of my community, who believed in me, who encouraged me to, you know, just to give me that resolve to become someone I was not, you know, I wouldn't have been able to do in my own strength. That And that's what community does. It helps us to become people we can't be on our own. And man, like, I, I'm so thankful for the people around me because they want you, like, when they want to see you change, like, that is like true love. And that's how we can become sanctified and become the answer to, to Jesus's prayer in John 17. Uh, you know, Abraham Lincoln, the great president, Abraham Lincoln, um, uh, once said he was, he was dedicating, uh, the Gettysburg graveyard, you know, to honor the, the fallen union soldiers who, whose lives were lost in, at the end of the civil war, uh, Abraham Lincoln, um, said, and this is paraphrased, we cannot dictate, we cannot consecrate, we cannot hollow this ground. The brave men who struggled here have consecrated it far beyond our power to add or detract. It is rather for us to be here dedicated to the great task remaining before us and that we here highly resolve that these dead shall not have died in vain. And so what is it saying? Why, why, am, I, why am I telling you all this? Well, in the same way that the soldiers paved the way, they consecrated the way to end slavery and 
you know, to hopefully, you know, the idea was to create a better, you know, future for the nation. That's what Jesus did for us. He consecrated the ground. He led the way, living his sanctified lives just so we can have the chance to be sanctified ourselves. And it's saying, you know, it, it talks about in this quote, like how, you know, we need to have this resolve or else the dead have died in vain. Like, you know, the disciples, they died for their faith. Like they were crucified. Like, um, and so like, if we're not like walking in obedience to this command of Jesus to be sanctified, we're basically saying like endorsing the idea that they have died in vain. And so make no mistake about it. Like the idea of sanctification and pursuing, you know, godliness and holiness, like this is not an option or a suggestion. This is a obligation. Jesus himself deeply desires this for us, for our own good. So this is an obligation. And, and, you know, I would not be able to do this. Like, man, I fall short all the time, like without my community. I'm thankful for that we have like the Lent devotionals, that we have communal abiding times where we can get together and discuss, you know, what's taking place in the passage every single morning. We also have life groups and one-on-ones, like so many different avenues and contexts for us to encourage one another through this season, through the pandemic, and to help us grow to points that we could not on our own. And I think like, you know, growth largely, like we can have all these people around us too. Like we can have people like, you know, encouraging us, but ultimately it, there, there needs to be a response from us. Like in the same way that like, you know, Jesus is going to invite us and call us to him, but we need to respond in faithfulness in order to fully follow him and, and believe in him and become his, right? Um, and so I'm reminded by like the story, it's actually earlier in John, of Jesus he- healing the paralyzed man at the pool. And, you know, before, you know, uh, Jesus even like healed him, um, you know, he asked like the man, like, do you want to get well? And only after the man responded, did Jesus command the man to pick up his mat and go home, right? And then even on later in the story, Jesus told the man to sin no more. So there's continual calls to obedience, And we need to actively choose to want to grow, to walk away from sin. This is obligatory. And, you know, I'm thinking of like, you know, what 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 can be those things like in our life? You know, we all have our, you know, forms of like habitual sin, uh, whether it's explicit or implicit. Maybe it's even like a way of thinking or or stress. It's ultimately something that does harm to ourselves, even if we don't realize it. And so I think like, we need to first like recognize what those are and then set tangible, realistic goals to break past those. And that, and then that's where can, community can come in. That's where our individual devotion comes in. And that's where we can measure, you know, what we do um, against scripture. Um, we need to never outgrow goal setting. I love how Blaine preached that last week and how like we, we should never outgrow, um, you know, living as servant leaders. We like we need we can't in the same way like we can outgrow. Um, wanting to grow, <laughs> quite frankly. Um, we need to continually defamiliarize ourselves with our own status quo, with the way things are happening in our lives. And then, and then, only then, as we actively do that, we can be confident that we're being the answer to Jesus's prayer. Like, how amazing is that, that today we can answer Jesus's prayer from 2,000 years ago? I think that's just incredible. And like, you know, as a result of like, um, you know, the, of the pandemic, like, you know, it's hard to like, see how that can happen. But like, regardless of the, regardless of like the circumstances, like whether things open back up and like the timing of that, like 
if we are posturing ourselves toward the idea of process, it does not matter what our circumstances are because every single day we can grow. And, and honestly, like makes the day more lively. Like I love like, you know, approaching the day and like seeing it as like an opportunity. And it, that's kept me going like during the pandemic, quite frankly, like, um, you know, knowing that, you know, God walking with God throughout my day is helping me to grow more and more like him. Um, you know, and in the end, like while I was saying, like, it is an obligation, right? It is a deep desire from Jesus. Like, I think it, it, it is also a joyous responsibility. Jesus himself says that in verse 13, he says, I am coming to you now, but I say these things while I'm still in the world so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. So, you know, it's not just obligation through community. It can turn into a, a joyous responsibility, Following Jesus and growing in him is joyous. And we're reminded of that when we're in community. We're reminded of that when there's consistency to our pursuit of Jesus every single day. Following Jesus is joyous. Let's be encouraged by that. And so, again, I'm just like baffled. We can be an answer to Jesus's prayer and that, you know, we need to continually just be dissatisfied with our status quo. And if we choose growth and by joyous responsibility, and, and community, uh, it's possible. And this can happen every single day. This is a great desire by Jesus. There is no compromise. So uh, Jesus, I pray that we are just not satisfied with our regular proceedings. I pray that we're not satisfied with our status quo. Lord, I pray that you reveal in us maybe habitual patterns of sin and or strongholds in our lives, Lord God, that you are calling us to grow past, Lord. And I pray that we rely on your word, Lord God, on you and on our community to encourage us to grow past that, to outgrow that, Lord God. I thank you for the example that you set all those years ago of living a sanctified life. And Lord, I just pray that as we're postured toward the process, um, that you posture yourselves, uh, your, yourself, God, towards us and meet us in that um, we thank you for this opportunity and we thank you for your goodness and mercy in meeting in, um, us in the process every single day. In Jesus' name, amen.